0: Welcome back, new year, new episode, nothing has changed, we are still as scuffed as we were before.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, that's the niche. Yeah,
0: but we're so scuffed that, you know, we had intended to make multi, multi-episodes multi for the World Cup, but we never really got around to the second one.
1: Well, that's because winter break was such a big chunk okay, of but time. Like, we
0: had, like, a period of time where we could have recorded an episode, but we just didn't, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. It so. doesn't matter. Anyways, new year, new us, except not really because we're going to be covering the same things yeah. in the same way we usually do.
1: And that's what the viewers want, or the yes. listeners want. They can't view because it's a podcast. Yeah.
0: So I don't think we really need to cover the World Cup, to be honest. Uh, obviously, the GOAT, uh, Lewandowski, lost, <laughs> Yeah. as as we all know, and Messi, you know, that other guy, he, he finally won the World Cup, only took him how many years? Too long. Too long, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in this process, we also witnessed the most brutal ending of a rivalry and goat discussion ever as Messi went on to complete football mm-hmm. and his rival Ronaldo got a $200 million contract for Al Nasser and the Saudi Arabian pro league.
1: Yeah. I mean, you hate to see it. I mean,
0: you hate to see it if you like Ronaldo.
1: Well, I mean, you just hate to see it period in my opinion, cause like. What he, he's done so much for the game and like growing it and like uh, just expanding it which is like the same thing as growing it I'm just repeating myself trying to think as I talk Yeah. Um, but I mean he's just done so much for the game that to see a legend like him kind of like stop when he still had some to give it's sad but like considering the actions that he had done previously like in regards to Manchester United yeah the the the, the incident the, the Piers podcast Morgan incident. interview Woo! oh man that's like its own separate thing that we could talk about for a while but um yeah his off-the-field behavior was like not good enough so I don't I don't imply entirely blame ten hog for getting rid of him and but I, it's it's still sad
0: and I don't really blame any of the Premier League clubs either because you look at the stats the guy is old Mm -hmm. You know by soccer player Sanders.
1: Yeah, he's 37
0: and he's I would say he's kind of past his prime at this point Oh for sure like even though he was like lead scorer last year right in the Premier League or something like that He He was United's top scorer. United's top scorer, but then again United were United Yeah, Um,
1: well he was the only thing like keeping them afloat at that point
0: Yeah, look how that turned out now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, now How the the turntables
0: oh Lord Anyways, so that happened. Uh, yeah. Nothing really explosive happened over in the Formula One side. We did get some big news. I'll go over it a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for right now we should because we missed a lot in we this did. like what four and almost five weeks of soccer. Yeah. Um. Do you, Do you want to go first? I, I think you should go first with the Dortmund report or whatever. Okay.
1: Um. Not a whole lot. Just just
0: report on your team.
1: Yeah. Dortmund hasn't really been doing a whole lot considering the fact that they've been on winter break ever since like a week before the World Cup, and they don't play another game until January twenty second, I believe. Lucky bastard you are. Uh, but I gotta I gotta wait so long to watch my team play. It sucks. I wish I was in your position right now. No, that's good just Chelsea isn't like doing so well. Shut up. So okay, but back to (sighs) Dortmund. Um they play. They uh, are currently having their uh, January like off season uh, training camp in Marbella, Spain. And big news to come out of that is that not only was Sebastian Aller included in that squad, and the reason that that's so relevant is because six months ago he was diagnosed with testicular oh, cancer, right. yeah. and now like a couple days ago, I think it was two days ago. He made his first appearance for Dortmund in a friendly against Fortuna Düsseldorf.
0: Yeah, well, that's an, um, a remarkable comeback for him. Yeah, is six months. To any update from- on his like status or anything? Like, is he cleared? Is he still?
1: Well, he's participating in full training sessions with everyone else on the team. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, he uh, competed for about like somewhere between twenty to forty five minutes. Of the friendly against Dusseldorf in Spain. And um, my guess is that he will continue to make like uh, limited uh, time appearances throughout the next couple of friendlies. And just like slowly work his way back until um, he's back to full fitness. Which like still about six months to come back from cancer yeah. is remarkable.
0: No, that, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But also, you also have Liverpool to update us on as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the loss to Brentford was disappointing, to say the least. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool didn't really come out that day. So, oh well, can't say too much about it. Yeah, I mean,
0: it could be worse. They are currently seventh in the standings, so they're in Europa League Conference qualification, which is nice.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it, of course, could be better and... I would say the vast majority of Liverpool fans have very high standards and, and think that they should be competing for the league and title. I think
0: that they shouldn't be drawing, like, what, 1-1 to Wolves in the FA Cup? It was 2-2. Two, to two. And two to st- Whatever.
1: <laughs> and they got bailed out by, like, a luff- lucky offsides call. No shot. Yeah.
0: VAR strikes again, live VAR pool.
1: Yeah. Um, but in the Premier League, they've been doing... They had a really rough start, but now they're trying. They're now they're starting to like settle back in, because like um, over the break they beat uh let's see they beat Southampton, Aston Villa, and Leicester all in the Premier League. Um, that Leicester game was pretty funny though because of uh, face, uh scoring two own goals. Oh yeah, Leicester. he got a hat trick, didn't he? No, he did not get a <laughs> no, hat trick. He
0: scored two own goals and then one on Liverpool.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't. no. No, he just scored two on-goals.
0: I swear I saw something that he scored a hat-trick or something, with no, the third
1: being for his team. No, the uh, the one goal that Leicester scored was by Kiernan Dewsbury hall mm. so, But, yeah, really rough day for her face. Rough um, day for both
0: clubs, in all honesty.
1: Yeah, rough days for Chelsea.
0: Yeah, all right. I should get it over with, huh? Yeah. Well... The uh the pride of London is currently, I I I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm usually a pretty positive person. I try to put trust in the management. Uh, excusing Greg Berhalter, we're we'll gonna do that in a second. <laughs> we I try to place faith in what is the management and the coaching staff, whatever, because obviously. I'm here. I'm a college student studying marketing. They have a career based on, you know, th- they're obviously qualified, hopefully, yeah. for their positions. So I feel like a bit of like an armchair coach if I'm saying, no, do this, do that, do that. It's obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and I wear glasses because my vision is really bad. <laughs> so did that analogy make sense? Not at all, but we roll with it. No, was funny. It But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Chelsea is currently closer to 10th place. Actually, I think they're below 10th place at this point. No, they're in 10th. Uh, oh, they're in 10th. Yeah, they're yeah. closer to last place now than they are to first in the Premier League, which is not what you want to see if you're A, a Chelsea fan or supporter, mm-hmm. B, uh, a fan of the color blue, I would say, <laughs> Like, uh, just statistically speaking, in three, your name is Graham Potter. Uh, I, oh, I remember laughing at the uh, Glazers out trends on Twitter and Mm -hmm. all that stuff for every other club ever. And now I'm saying Potter out trending next to Mason Mount, Kai Havertz and Raheem Sterling and pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. And guess what? None of it is good. (laughs) (laughs) None of it is good. And I'm starting to lose hope.
1: Well, I mean like there's still enough time to at least challenge for like a Europa League spot because, like, keep in mind, can't you're only
0: we're at that stage. You,
1: well, you're only three points behind Liverpool and uh, <laughs> six points behind Fulham.
0: Oh, Fulham, yeah, Fulham. So, that the day of recording, uh, let's see. Well, I need to add a little bit of context over the transfer window. We signed a lot of players, right? We signed like three or four.
1: Uh, over this in the current window, January. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, we we yeah. got what is his name, Felix? Felix? Felix, Felix from on loan for six months from Atletico Madrid. More on that later, yeah. We got uh, a young stud from uh, Brazil, I mm-hmm. forget which club he played for. Uh, we again, I don't know many of the clubs that we signed from, yeah. We got someone from Monaco, right?
1: Yeah, Barishile
0: and maybe one more that I'm forgetting because Fofana, it, Fofa, the, the, yeah, the the double Fofana line that we have not seen yet. Yeah, I, I feel
1: like the the double Fofana is a bit unpatched, um, but we haven't seen it yet, so I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I, anything at this point might be might be uh, unpatched. Uh, Grand Potter's got to really dig deep and try to find us at least a draw at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, today. Chelsea lost to Fulham, as we yep. mentioned earlier, in a very how do we say this, catastrophic series of events. Game starts, mm-hmm. Fulham scores. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. But before that happens, Chelsea announces their starting lineup, right? hmm And who's on there but Felix? Okay. That's a little sure. Bold move. He's well, got
1: a- I mean the thing is he's already Match fit because he's been playing games for Atleti and he played for Portugal in the World Cup, so it's not like he's gonna need to catch up with fitness,
0: right? But he's still gotta like plug in with a team. We signed him what two days ago, three days ago at this point. Yeah, not even like half a week. Yeah. So uh, that kind of raised my eyebrows when I saw the starting lineup, and I was like, okay, sure, might as well. And then Fulham scored, and I was like, mm. shit. But then you know, second half goes on. You know, I'm already losing hope. Uh, Koulibaly the goat by the way <laughs> scores the game tying goal and I was like let's fucking go you know I was ecstatic yeah to make it at a draw and then I see a cool notification from one football not sponsored
1: should be sponsored though should be
0: hopefully please if anyone maybe one working day.
1: at one football is listening which I doubt they are but please sponsor us we could really use the money for, for nefarious purposes
0: huh okay <laughs> uh, yeah I need to uh, fund my takeover of Chelsea Football Club and institute uh, Christian Polisic with the uh, the stuff
1: well he's injured right now so
0: exactly the stuff would cure that anyways uh, where was I oh yeah you get this cool notification from this cool app that I use I, I hope we get sponsored by one day and it, it's a red card well shit who is it on Felix
1: yeah and um you said you didn't see the tackle because you didn't want to like live through that, but uh I saw the tackle. It was it was bad. It was not a good tackle at all. Like it was a very obvious red card. And that's
0: really fantastic because we paid over a hundred million for him, I believe. Something like that. I don't
1: know. Because it's just a loan, so you played like nine million loan fee, I wanna say. It
0: still wasn't cheap and no, I still want some not. of that money. But now this cool guy that, you know, we were pretty excited about mm-hmm. is now suspended for two or three games. Three games, yeah. Three, three games. Yep. So I don't even know what to say. Is that just Premier League games or is it across all competition?
1: Just Premier League games. Oh, son of a... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so not a great time it, over in uh, England, and I think I've decided... I was talking with Alex when we were walking up here. I decided to boycott the Premier League uh, because Chelsea is not doing too well and it yeah. brings me great pain. However, if we go a bit east and south...
1: Oh, I want to say oh, just one thing okay.
0: before... Let's take a quick detour. We need to refill the plane.
1: Well, um, The thing about Jean-Felix is that Graham Potter started him in a front two with Kai Havertz. And the thing is... Joao Felix and Kai Havertz have two very similar styles of play. Uh, They're both, like, it's kind of murky what their best position is, but usually when they're the most effective, they're playing in, like, a false nine. And so the problem with that is you can't be playing two false nines at the same time. And the thing with the front two is that they're both either going to be stepping on each other's toes Trying to get into the middle or you're gonna have them both playing out wide at the same time do you want to explain what a
0: false nine and a front two is
1: okay? So uh, first I'll just do front two the front two is the way that the team is lined up and so usually you uh, Say the formation from defense to offense So for example Chelsea on the day were playing a three five two they had three defenders five midfielders and two forwards Um, in the front two were Joao Felix and Kai Havertz. Um, and a false nine is, uh, well, a traditional number nine is someone who is a poacher. They like to get into the box, get on the end of crosses and score a lot of tap-ins basically. Yeah. Uh, that's what a traditional number nine is seen as. But a false nine is someone like, uh, Roberto Firmino for Liverpool, or to go back uh, like 10 years or so david Villa in that iconic barcelona team where they would kind of or even Lionel messi played as a false nine for a while in uh in barcelona as well under pep guardiola um it's where they don't stay in the box all the time they move around a lot more mm-hmm. and their position is a lot more murky so sometimes they'll like drop back and draw a center back with them in order to let a, a wide player whether it be a midfielder, a wing back, or just anyone, uh, to cut inside into that gap that the stepping center back has left, and so it can be very effective in very like pass heavy teams mm-hmm. that like to play one two touch, yeah, and that's why it worked so well with uh, Pep Guardiola's Tiki Taka Barcelona. Um, and so the thing is to have that um, to have two players playing the false nine at the same time. Is very difficult because you need to have willing runners with them, and since uh, the only really wide players that uh, Chelsea had on the day were a very young left wing back in Hall, yeah, and uh, was it no, it wasn't. Who was playing right back today?
0: I'm uncertain.
1: I'm gonna check
0: because I'm still learning the positions as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh! right back was uh, uh, he's He works hard, but his offensive output is not as good as other players that Chelsea has. And by that, I mean Reese James. But he's injured again, isn't he? Yeah, he has yeah.
0: knee problems again. It's funny. The one game we have him back, we look stellar. Okay, yeah. it's against Bournemouth, whatever. But we look, oh my God, we're back. We're mm-hmm. back. And then he's injured again. Yeah. And then the kind of team balance goes off again. And now we're back to where we were before the break. And I'm like shocked. Yeah. It's kind of painful to watch, you know, people are dragging on the team. I'm getting shit from Tottenham fans. Maddie. Uh not mm, and Arsenal fans. Harry. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Tell them that they need to go beat us? They probably will, and they have.
1: So Tottenham, I'm not so sure about. Tottenham suck. I hate Tottenham. We lost to Tottenham. It really. doesn't matter. Under they're too cool. <laughs> how, how many trophies have Tottenham won? <laughs> Literally the same amount as I have. <laughs> exactly, and that is zero. No <laughs> offense to you, Patrick. Full offense to Tottenham, though.
0: Playing... In a toilet bowl stadium, yeah, with zero trophies. This <laughs> yeah. is a very
1: anti Tottenham podcast,
0: and again, isn't everyone they should be? They should be, anyways. So, are we good to transition Southwest, or, southeast, um, or do you have a few more things you want to touch up on?
1: Well, I think my rant about uh playing Joao Felix and Kai Havertz at the same time is kind of over because um neither of them are going to score you a bunch of goals on their own. They need to be able to work within a system. And that system worked super well for Kai Havertz at uh, Bayer Leverkusen in the Bundesliga. And it worked super well for Joao Felix in Benfica the one season that he played there. So, in in all honesty, Joao Felix is still a very unproven talent. Because, um, Okay, I guess we will talk more about this now that I'm getting into it again. But um, Joao Felix played one season, one full season in the Benfica senior team and his numbers were all right. And then he got this huge 120 million plus move to Atletico Madrid. And in that moment, I was like, wow, there's no way this is going to work out like they want it to because... It's massively overpaying for a young talent who is yet to be completely proven. And on top of that, he's getting put into a Diego Simeone side who are defensive minded, play very Burnley-esque football, um, meaning that their their primary goal is to defend yeah. and like get the 1-0 win. Like Hit you on the counter-attack. They don't play possession football. They don't play pretty football. They play for results not for uh, visual pleasure and so to have someone like Joao Felix in that side is just like completely contradictory and I've always thought that and then whenever someone or whenever I see the question like is Joao Felix the right fit for Atletico Madrid? I always thought no And then the thing is, is he the right fit for this Chelsea team? No. We'll see. No, he is not. He is not. Oh, God. No, because it doesn't play to his strengths and he doesn't play to Chelsea's strengths. So it's like, it's a very weird thing. And um, I actually saw a video like yesterday or something, like saying that this, in all honesty, could be a very political move for João in the fact that um, he is, in a way, pushing Diego Simeone out. Diego Simeone is already on the ropes, he's in the hot seat, he's on the verge of like getting fired by the athletical board, and um, just it's not looking good for him. So,
0: all right, so we're gonna stop discussing Chelsea, yeah, here. Uh, as much as I would love to keep ranting about them and being depressed, uh, I think we need to move on.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that for quite a bit,
0: yeah. Uh, so Rapid fire, some other news around around the pitch, mm-hmm. uh, some other news I saw. Manchester United looking very strong.
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately for you, for me, uh, I have a kind of a grudge against City for existing mm. at the moment. That's fair. At the time of recording, uh, the Manchester Derby is this weekend. Yes, it's on Saturday. Yeah, at a really inconvenient time for us. 4.30
1: a.m. for pretty much all of America. 4.30 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. I will not be watching. I will see. I'll make a game time decision.
0: Yeah, that, mm, that, that, that's always worked out great. It has not. <laughs> um, other news. Did you hear anything? Oh, uh, what's his name? David Beckham's son. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, name. Romeo. Romeo is now playing for
1: a tier two
0: English team, yes?
1: No, he signed with Brentford. Oh, that's right. But Brentford. He's, he's playing in their youth team. I that's want to say.
0: right. That's right. Because he's not on the official
1: team, but he's it, in. He's associated with the club, just not in the first team that plays in the Premier League.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty interesting news. Um, I I saw an article that, uh, Angel City Football Club for the National Women's Soccer League here in America is looking to be the first women's team, I believe, either in America or the world, I don't quite remember, to reach the $1 billion uh, salary cap. Oh, wow. I believe that was f- sourced from The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> and they're looking to become the Yankee cap, pretty much, okay. of the NWSL. And I believe they just signed an 18-year-old fir- first draft.
1: Yeah, pick. the NWSL draft was today. And Angel City had the first draft. They drafted, um, I believe it was Alyssa Thompson from Harvard Westlake High School in California. Harf- oh, yeah. Interesting. In which, you know, we're both from California, SoCal specifically, and Harvard Westlake is yeah. one of the schools in our athletic division in yeah. CIF Southern Section.
0: Yeah. So that's all that. Uh, before we move on to Italy, do you want to talk about the U.S. Menci Mower? in america
1: oh the drama so
0: uh, this is gonna be a lot of alex's commentary uh, yeah because he was the main one looking at all the news when this was breaking so
1: yeah okay it is a ridiculous situation yeah, so, so
0: over the break a bunch of news broke out yeah. involving a certain geo reina yeah and a certain Chrome Dome Greg
1: Berhalter. Yeah, it actually re- relates to our last episode, the World Cup special. Oh no! Because I remember I did have a little rant about uh, Geo not playing. Yeah. So and now more information has come we out. We now that.
0: know a lot more. So Alex, please take the stage.
1: Okay, so I am gonna have to preface this with a bit of context. Um, so throughout the years, uh, especially this past year in World Cup qualifying, or no, no, no yeah in 2021 at the end of like world cup qualifying Gio Reyna one of the most talented players in the U.S. American pool um has had some recurring injuries and uh a declining relationship with head coach Greg Berhalter um and the thing is Gio Reyna is the son of two former U.S. national team players. His father, Claudio Reyna, played at the 2002 World Cup um, with Greg Berhalter. They were actually roommates at that World Cup. And they were roommates. Yeah. And then um, Danielle Reyna, who is Claudio's wife, Gio's mother, uh, is also very close to the Burhalter family because she was college roommates with um Rosalind Burhalter. They <laughs> were also roommates. Who is Greg Burhalter's wife? And they were college roommates and uh on the same college soccer team at UNC Chapel Hill. Um so there are heavy heavy ties between the Reyna and Burhalter families. Um yeah. And um So then you would imagine that Gio and Greg would also have a pretty good relationship. Um, But that is not the case, especially after this past World Cup qualifying campaign and the World Cup itself. Yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. Gio had a bad injury history. Greg was not playing him as much as many people thought he should have. And those people include Gio Reyna himself, um, which resulted in the bad relationship starting. Then, when it came time to the actual World Cup, before any games were played, Gio Reyna was informed by Greg Berhalter himself that Gio's role would be limited and that he would most likely be coming off the bench for substitute appearances in like most, if not all, of the games. And this, of course, upset Gio greatly. Like, it would any professional yeah, athlete.
0: because, you know, every athlete needs to work hard for what they get to. And, you know, if you finally get to represent your country at mm-hmm. the World Cup, which happens once every four years, mm-hmm. and you get told by the manager that your dad was roommates with during mm-hmm. the 2002 World Cup, and your mom was college roommates with, you know, you have a lot of history. Yeah. The eight months was, like, stung extra for Gio.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be that close to someone, and then, like, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, them like betraying you in a way. Yeah. But that's like a very strong word. So if if I could, and if I had more time to think, I would use a less strong word than betray. Um, But I can't think right now, and I just want to get onto the other stuff. Um, But yeah, to have that happen and to have someone so close to your family say that is like really, I would find devastating. And so then as a result of that, Gio... Um, according to many reports, displayed um, an unhealthy lack of uh, concentration uh, and effort in training sessions leading up to the World Cup. And this really concerned Greg Berhalter, uh, the coaching staff, and the rest of the team. And so then, you know, it was discussed among the team and the coaches, um, and then as a result of it, Gio apologized to everyone on the team and the coaching staff and Greg Berhalter himself, and then um, was told that his apology was accepted by everyone. And so then that should have been where everything ended.
0: Yes, like a responsible, you know. Adults. A responsible adults. But yeah. I believe, okay, I'm going to make a guess in mm-hmm. the timeline, if I remember correctly. Then Gio's mother found out about the Greg telling him right that he couldn't play, or am I wrong on that?
1: Uh, well, there is one more important event that happened. Right, like, oh no, no, no! Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I believe it was December 11th when um, Danielle uh, Reyna exposes uh, or doesn't expose uh, tells one of the higher ups at the U.S. Soccer Federation about uh a situation, a very serious situation that happened between um, Greg Burhalter and his girlfriend at the time, Rosalind Berhalter, who later became his wife. And that situation was that, I guess, um, after a night of drinking, uh, Greg and Rosalind had got into a verbal argument that uh, eventually led outside and culminated in Greg Berhalter um, physically abusing Rosalind by kicking her in the legs yeah. I'm not sure if it was one time and I'm not sure if it was repeated the, the details are pretty muddy on that but yeah.
0: we, we, we assume uh, most reports cover a kick
1: yeah what I do know for sure is that he kicked Rosalind and of course you know that's inexcusable Um, and um, Being roommates with Rosalind at the time, Danielle uh, began to form a very rocky relationship with uh, Greg, naturally, because, you know, he abuses one of her best friends and roommates and teammates, so obviously that's going to cause, like, a rift between the two, and um, over a a prolonged period of time, Greg... uh, wanted to re I guess um reinvent himself and you know he got therapy he really took a lot of strides in his own words um he took a lot of strides to get better and better himself and um then he went back to Rosalind to formally apologize and tell Rosalind how he had been working on himself and then Rosalind accepted the apology and after a prolonged period of time they began to date again and eventually they got married and this happened back in like the mid to or the assault incident happened in like the early to mid 90s and um, Now Greg and Rosalind have been married for at least 20 years Yeah, so clearly they have moved on from the incident and they have grown as a couple, um, but in December of last year, during the World Cup, Danielle Reyna reveals to the U.S. Soccer Federation this incident, and naturally, the U.S. Soccer Federation takes this uh, accusation very seriously.
0: Thankfully. Yeah. Very thankfully.
1: Yeah. And what happens is they hire an independent firm to conduct an investigation, on Greg Berhalter and the entire situation happening and um, then what happens is we're basically at where we are now Something where.
0: happened and more people are now involved in the investigation right I believe because they made a statement at one point sorry to cut you off like that mm-hmm. but I don't remember the specific series of events, but something came out. I believe it was a halter statement on the thing. Yeah. And it brought more, it brought to light more people that are involved in the entire situation. So it, the, the whole thing is really a, a mess.
1: Yeah. It seems like Greg didn't know who revealed the information. But then, um, after Greg was put on like, uh, forced leave basically where he, or suspension, um, it was revealed that uh, Danielle and Claudio Reyna were the ones that broke the news to the U.S. Soccer Federation, which is ridiculous because, like, to create that drama within not yeah. only the Federation, but those two families that have been so close to each other yeah. for such a long time. And
0: the reasoning behind it was also kind of numb. I remember the quote was like, Re- Gio was getting punished for something that Greg had done Or something along the lines like a while ago
1: yeah I I know the quote that you're talking about and the thing is or I think what Danielle was saying is that um Gio was getting punished for acting immaturely and like a teenager when um, Greg at the same age acted much more immaturely and got forgiveness for it while Gio was in Danielle's eyes being villainized yeah and i got to say like i can i can't agree with that like yeah. i understand yes greg had like he took a lot of steps and a lot of time to um
0: to better himself you know he took a really mature decision and mm-hmm. really tried to change it which is very respectable i think you know doing that in any context is unacceptable and to, just to be at that point but the fact that he made like the mental decision okay I did something horribly wrong, Mm -hmm. and I really need to better myself. That's respectable. I really don't understand the need. I mean, okay, mothers, you know, they want the best for their kids, right? Of course. And so I guess that's where some of it may come from. And uh, she had that quote about believing that she was being villainized by Greg, whatever. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is still very immature. This all could have been avoided if... It just ended at Geo apologizing and everyone accepting. Yeah. And none of this would have to happen, and I think that's really telling about the entire situation. What does this mean for the future? Currently, Greg is not with the U.S. Soccer Federation, I believe. He's well, on force suspension. Yeah,
1: he's still on force suspension, and he will be for at least the rest of January yes. while the investigation is conducted. And so that means one of the assistant coaches – Will be running the January camp for the US men's national team. Um, so he will be making all the roster decisions, the training regiments, yeah. all that stuff. Just under new ownership
0: for right now. Yeah. But regardless of how this goes down, this is gonna look really bad for both the Federation, mm-hmm. for the men's team, and for the Reyna family, yeah. for the Burrhalter family. I just yeah. everyone involved, no one wins in these kinds of situations. So Yeah, absolutely it's not. Very disappointing to see. Yeah. So On a very good transition, (laughs) I think we're finally ready to pack our bags and fly over to the land of not opportunity. I don't know what the proper...
1: The land of pizza pasta. Okay. Uh, Lasagna, rigatoni. I am here to bring you the
0: Serie A update. And by the Serie A update, I mean I'm going to tell you about the two Milans and, and Juventus. So, I remember... I was looking at the app that we're not sponsored by but we should be. One football. Shout out one football. Shout out one football. And I saw wow, Inter Milan, my team, beat Roma. Yeah. I was very happy because we struggled against them uh before the break. Mm-hmm. And we've had a little bit of trouble playing teams that are above us in the standings this season. Yeah. And so I saw we beat them and I was like, Oh my god, we overcame the Marinho hurdle. I was so happy. <laughs> and then we lost to some Random ass nobody team. That's like no, we tied to Monza.
1: We tied to our race track with uh, what was it a ninety sixth minute own goal by yes. Denzel Dumfries,
0: and I was shocked and I was like, great. Both Chelsea and Inter are like screwing things up. And then in the Coppa Italia, I believe that's what it's called, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the it's what the FA Cup is to England, right? Yeah, and what the Super League what is the Spanish the Spanish Super Cup. No, what is it called? Do you know? It's called the um, Copa del Rey Yeah, that one the one with the finals in Abu Dhabi. For no, some reason.
1: no, that's different Because the winner of the Copa del Rey plays against the winner of La Liga in this Spanish Super Cup That's what I was talking about. That's yeah, what I which meant. is but held which in Abu, Abu Dhabi for some reason. Yeah, there's too many competitions. Yeah, but
0: basically <laughs> the Coppa Italia is a is a tournament, a series of matches between every Italian club of all divisions. It's
1: a single elimination knockout tournament.
0: Yeah, and so both Inter Milan and AC Milan were up against, uh, I believe, Serie B teams. Uh,
1: um, Let's see.
0: But either way, I, I know Inter played as Serie B team because I was very nervous because I was looking at the looking at the clock it was tied one all I believe and I was really afraid because we were struggling against this team. Mm-hmm. And that's not even Serie A which not gave didn't give me a lot of hope. But then I saw that we won the match and I was very very relieved.
1: Well okay, the the one thing that you have to remember is that Parma who's who um Inter Milan played against had Gianluigi Buffon in goal. You got to explain every, you can't, what? Okay, so, Inter played against Parma. Parma. And um, one of the players for Parma is um, 44-year-old goalkeeper, Gianluigi Buffon, who is an absolute legend of the game, one of the best goalkeepers of all time, um, and probably the most successful Italian goalkeeper ever. Ever. Yeah. If not one of, like, two.
0: Yeah. So struggling against them in retrospect. I mean, if you just look at the divisions, it looks bad. Yeah. But what's even worse is being AC Milan in the current day and age losing to Torino, another Serie A team. I retract my earlier statement that was not a Serie B team, mm-hmm. and they lost.
1: Well, I mean, Torino. I, was, I don't think I don't think Torino has are as bad as you make them out to be.
0: I don't. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm saying AC Milan is bad because they should win those.
1: Oh, Of course I, they should win those. Like,
0: AC Milan is currently third in Serie A, mm-hmm. and Torino is 10th. So that's yeah. a that's a big gap. And I know what it's like to lose to a team that's way below us in the standings. Monza is 15th, and Inter is fourth.
1: We didn't lose to Monza.
0: We pretty much did. Anyways... <laughs> I was so happy when I saw the news because that means uh, AC Milan out of the Coppa Italia. Yep. And Inter Milan still in it. And now I can firmly say, uh, disregarding the table currently, which we are three points behind the Devils in, mm-hmm. the Nerazzurri, are the better of the two Milan teams. You know, that's some finally some good news for me on the soccer end. And that felt really good. Yeah. Also going on... Wait, was it Roma that we beat? No, we beat Napoli. I've been s- wrong this entire time. That was an impressive win. We handed Napoli their first loss of the season, I believe.
1: That was a very impressive win. And yeah. I was
0: so happy. And then we went on to draw Monza for whatever reason. Anyways, Juventus. Remember Juventus, the Italian club, you know. I feel like for a lot of people, you think of Italy, you think of them, right? Mm-hmm. The old lady. Well, they were kind of the laughing stock of the entire league for beginning of the
1: season. They're having a comeback. They have won what was the stat? Like it was like seven straight. Seven. Like straight games. I wanna say nine out of the last ten or something like insane like that.
0: Something crazy. And I okay, I don't keep up to date with the old lady as much as I could as much mm-hmm. as I should or could. However, I believe they fired their entire staff, their entire like board of directors or whatever, at some point. Mm-hmm before the break I don't know if they rehired ones or got new interim people or if they're just governing themselves but whatever they're doing it's working they are currently second in Serie A behind Napoli above both Milan's it is crazy the upsurge they're having and uh, more proof that playing without Ronaldo makes you better I'm kidding (laughs) I will stop bragging on Ronaldo now I don't want to drag out the time too much so I will go down the list of F1 news mm-hmm. to wrap it up. There wasn't a whole lot because, you know, the uh, <laughs> it's not going on right now. So not a lot is happening. News comes in sporadically. Uh, some news from the current teams. Currently, 7 out of the 10 teams have announced their launch date for the reveal of their car. Uh, Williams will start on February 6th, followed by Alfa Tari on the 11th, Aston Martin on the 13th with McLaren, Ferrari... For all those lovers out there on Valentine's Day, you know, we finally have something to look forward to.
1: Well, Champions League comes back on Valentine's Day. Whatever.
0: As well. <laughs> uh, Mercedes on the 15th and Alpine on the 16th. I feel like Ferrari releasing their car on the 14th is very symbolic because it matches with last season. You know, it starts out really good. You know, you wake up full of confidence, you're like, yeah. this is my year. This is, I'm, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, in the season, For Ferrari, like, oh my god, we're back. We won Bahrain. We did pretty well in Saudi Arabia. We had a fantastic start to the season. And then shit starts to go down. You know, suddenly you realize, oh wait, I'm me. Mm -hmm. Ferrari realizes, oh shit, we're not them. And it just ends in heartbreak, you know? So (laughs) it's very, very funny to me that Ferrari is releasing theirs on valentine's day well red that's not the reason but sure (laughs) and the other big piece of news Andretti autosport motorsport whatever they call themselves have officially announced their intent to enter f1 in 2026 in collaboration with cadillac as their supplier yes general motors will be another unique supplier in f1 Unfortunately, it's come out that nine out of the ten teams currently on the grid oppose Andretti's addition to F1.
1: So would that mean that there are two more spots added?
0: That would mean that there are two more drivers. Okay. And the pride's share would also decrease for each team.
1: So it would increase from twenty to twenty two?
0: Yeah. Okay. There'd be twenty two drivers. Basically, there's no real downside for the league. It's more just so the the teams. hmm and the the money side of it. Yeah. They believe 200 million is not a high enough cap for new teams <laughs> to enter, which okay, I don't think Williams can afford to do that nowadays, but whatever. But the only team to be I don't know if they weren't what their official stance was, but they didn't say they weren't in favor was Alpine, interestingly. Uh for some reason. I just found that a little interesting. Hmm. But what does the future hold? Hopefully They get their shit together and and remember, this is an entertainment product. Yeah. And even though 20 drivers is a lot of fun, 22 would be even more fun. It would tap into the American audience, which F1 has so hard fought to enter and really crack with Drive to Survive. Yeah. And being owned by a Liberty Media Group now. uh, I believe their logo is the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) So it just makes sense. And I that it's a business at the end of the day and it's really hurting them to add more teams but come on man just get over yourselves I'm sorry yeah. that's my rant I think I think this is a good time yeah
1: I think this is also a good time
0: so this episode was all over the place we had a lot of rants just, that's just becoming typical yeah what is pacing you yeah. know we don't really need to worry about pacing we're still figuring things out exactly. this is our first episode of the year our first episode back we'll get better yep for sure, just like Chelsea. <laughs> just like the U.S. Soccer Federation. they'll get better once that. Joao
1: Felix's suspension is served. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> All right, thank
0: you for listening. Hopefully you made it to this point. Yeah, H- happy new year, uh, like two weeks late yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, okay, it's the 12th. Dang. Is it the 12th? It is the 12th. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.